Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf. The Knicks winning Game Five of Summer League, one hundred three to ninety four, over the Cleveland Cavaliers. No Emmanuel quickly, but the Knicks backcourt, Alex, still showing out in this one. Yeah, Deuce McBride and Quentin Grimes both had fantastic games in this one. Obi Toppin, not too shabby himself, but we've kind of just come to expect that. So we'll talk about that and the performances of some other guys next on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, and today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Once again, I'm Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play broadcaster gearing up for high school football season, and he is Alex Wolf, much more importantly, the editor-in-chief of the Strickland the greatest Knicks website in the world. And we are back. Game five of Summer League. As Alex and I found out, we, we genuinely weren't sure. The Knicks' second-to-last game of Summer League. They play one final consolation game tonight against the Atlanta Hawks. No playoffs this year in Summer League. Uh, there will just be a championship game between uh, the Celtics and the Kings, the teams with the two best records and the two best point differentials. But Alex, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the Knicks. 103 to 94 win over the Cavs. A little bit of a lackluster game, I think, just in terms of entertainment value compared to the previous ones, just because no Emmanuel quickly for the Knicks and the Cavs were without Isaac Okoro and perhaps even more importantly, Evan Mobley. So you didn't really get to see the stars on either side. And I feel like the Knicks um, without Emmanuel quickly were maybe a little bit lifeless because of it, but that didn't stop two big performances from their two rookies that are remaining, or two, excuse me, two of their first three picks that are remaining, no shots at Jericho Sim, with Rokas Jakobitis uh, traveling back to Spain. But Miles McBride, Quentin Grimes combining for over 50 in this one, Alex. I'll leave it up to you. Uh, who do you want to start with? Yeah, I, I, I feel like I should start with Grimes because I've been saying since the start of Summer League, and then I even said with Ariel the other night, you know, like, Oh, I thought that he was going to have a 25 point game at some point. And now this is like my perfect opportunity to victory lap and be like, ah, the shot came around. Look, he did have a 25 point game. In fact, he scored 28. But, I, you know, I actually think because you just mentioned entertainment value, I think Deuce McBride brought the most entertainment value in this game. I mean, he hit a point in, I think it was the third quarter, where he was so hot that he just started asking for the ball and just basically taunting his defender and, you know, just hitting threes in his face. Like I think he did that like two or three possessions in a row, or there was, there was this one stretch where I don't have a stat in front of me, but by my memory, yeah, it was, he, it was late, late second quarter, Alex. He did. He made three in a row. Yes. And, and also he and Grimes just for stretches of this game, were just passing off back and forth of like, okay, you score, I score, you score, I score. <laughs> and, it was awesome. It was so much fun. And I mean, it, it says a lot that given how good Obi Toppin's been 
in summer league that they completely outshone him in this game. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I really liked Deuce's game. Um, I think that he kind of took the challenge to be like the starting point guard in this one uh, with, as you mentioned, Joker Bidis gone, uh, which it was fun with him. Actually. I, I, I'm just kind of sad that he had to go because I really thought he was just coming into his own, but he'll uh, give me an excuse to pull up some Euro basketball highlights this year. Uh, but it, you know, with with him out and quickly out, you know, it kind of all fell on Deuce to to handle the ball in this one because there just isn't really another like point guard on this team. Um, they had Davis play a little bit, whose first name honestly is escaping me. Um, he was playing point guard for a stretch and actually notched five assists, which is pretty good, which matched uh, Deuce's total, but. I mean, Deuce was the guy that they had out there most of the time running point. And I, I thought he did a pretty good job. You know, he wasn't perfect. Um, there was, you know, a couple a couple of turnovers that were not so great, but they were mostly early in the game. And beyond that, I think he kind of found his footing and, you know, really found himself not just as a scorer, but also as, you know, a guy that was running the offense and, and sort of, uh, you know, finding people in their spots and all that. So I, I was pretty impressed with his performance overall. Uh, I would say it's tough to call it his best one because that six of six from three game was really, really impressive. And his defense in that one was so insane too. not to say that his defense was bad in this game. Uh, I would probably call it his second best summer outing so far, but uh, you know, that's saying something considering his, his best one was like enough to talk us into him being like a, a future, you know, extremely effective role player. <laughs> so I, I really like this game a lot is, is basically what I'm getting at. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It felt like not obviously not from a passing perspective and all around control of the game perspective, but from a scoring perspective, it felt like a Chris Paul type of game. Like, you know, those games where Chris Paul and you, you look at his stats, it's like, wait, did he have over 100 percent true shooting? Like, it was sort of like that where he he only took the shots that he wanted to take. Right. Nothing was out of rhythm. Nothing was out of control. He, he had the, those two back-to-back threes, and then the third one was just nuts. It was the 25-foot pull-up. But it looked like like he was feeling it the whole way. It wasn't it wasn't a force by any means. It wasn't even really a heat check. He was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to make this. I'm, I'm really feeling good right now. And then just, I mean, how patient he was early in the game. Like the Knicks' very first bucket, late in the shot clock, he takes a screen from Jericho Sims, dribbles around it, just nails a long three. And it feels like, I don't know, he is such a – I don't want to. I always pull out these absurd names when, when talking about players who will ultimately be be role guys in the NBA. But again, it did feel like Chris Paul, Kevin Durant in, in the mid range, where his shot is just easy, and he feels like. I mean, Chris Middleton's another guy. He just feels like it's going to go in, and you can see the confidence on his stroke. And I think he, I think he is going to be the rare rare player in the modern NBA where where an open shot from sixteen to twenty feet is genuinely a good look for him, and he hits them at at a rate where you can say, yeah, keep taking them. That's not that's not really a bad shot. Um, the other thing I loved from McBride in this game is just the decision-making. I don't think he's a great passer. He, he's kind of similar to Quickly, where someone almost has to be open for him to throw the pass versus him throwing someone open or creating off the dribble, manipulating a defense into someone being open. But he's he's a very willing passer, and he's a smart passer in that even though, again, he can't really create those looks with his personal gravity, he can 
anticipate them and he knows when guys are going to break open and he's always looking for the throw ahead down the court that that's that was honestly my favorite thing about Lonzo Ball's game coming out of UCLA that he's always always head up always looking to check it ahead I, I think it's a quality that fits exceptionally well with Obi Toppin we saw a number of times Obi didn't convert on all of them but had had a near insane alley-oop to Obi at one point um did convert another alley-oop to Obi threw it ahead to Obi a couple of times when, when Obi got a seal up the court I, I really really enjoyed that that willingness for him to look ahead. And then, of course, on the final, Grimes wing three, another player with Wynn McBride, drove in, drew the defense, and, uh, and and hit Grimes on a good shot. Then, of course, looped his way into the left wing three to end it. And, and that final three for McBride, and this is the last thing I'll say, and then we'll take our first break, just showed off the confidence he has from distance. And obviously, he was a spectacular shooter at West Virginia statistically. But there were some questions just because of the volume he shot it at and the way he got his shots at West Virginia. Would that shot immediately translate to the NBA? I'm pretty confident it's going to in terms of his spot-up looks just because we're already seeing him get to it off the dribble and look really confident and comfortable doing so. Uh, With that, let's take our first break. And for the first time ever tell you about a brand new sponsor we got, and that is Sweatblock. You know, maybe these guys in Vegas where it's well over 100 degrees this whole week, uh, they're in and out of the gym at all times, they could probably use some Sweatblock. And and there, look, there, there are some things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You guys know when sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing, right? Some of you may not know this, uh, me, like like a lot of our other lockdown hosts, apparently, I, I've personally dealt with this. And for me, it's not really like when, when I'm wearing like a, like a t-shirt or, or I'm doing something athletic. That's when I don't really mind it. It's horrible when I'm doing a broadcast. And, and no matter what the weather is, I'm usually wearing a button-down shirt and a tie. And I, I'm in a setting where I want to look good. I'm probably on camera. And I'm, I, I am sweating through this shirt. And it's just horrific. It's not even a nerve thing. It's just way too hot. And now this isn't a life and death situation. There are way worse problems in the world. But let's be honest, in the moment, it, it kind of feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, a first aid. I'd much rather not worry about it. And that's why I use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, and the next morning, you wake up, wash, and go out throughout your day without worrying about sweat, guaranteed. I know this will sound a little too good to be true, but I literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the entire time. No more pitting out. No more picking my shirts based on which will hide sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to go check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon and CVS. And then we have to tell you about one of our other favorites, Indeed. If, if Indeed gets you a job interview, you can use some sweat block so you don't sweat your way through the interview, but, but we, we got to talk about it. General managers ask questions to find the right players, like do they have ice in their veins? When you're hiring, you can use Indeed assessments to make sure you find candidates with the skills you need by asking similar questions. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple just to track, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place 
even interviewing. With Indeed Assessments, you choose from 135 skill tests to help make sure you're finding applications from people with the skills you need. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. What a stat. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. That's right, a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. And with that, Alex, we are back on Locked On Knicks. I gave my diatribe on Miles McBride. Unless you have any final thoughts on him, I want to jump it over to Quinton Grimes, who, to your point, did have the best game of his summer league. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Grimes, I think, just compounded a lot of what uh, Ariel and I were talking about the other day, right? Like when I was talking to Ariel, he said, you know, I hadn't, he hadn't really looked into, into these guys uh, too deeply before the Knicks drafted them. He wasn't super into the the pre-draft process. I said, you know, it was funny. It didn't really, (laughs) ultimately it didn't matter with Grimes as far as we were concerned, how much homework we did prior to the draft on guys, because he wasn't even on either of our radar, rightly or wrongly. Uh, So we hadn't really seen any of them. But uh, or at least I hadn't. I guess I can't speak for you there. But (laughs) he was he was very not on either of our radar as far as guys we covered on this show, at least. And, uh, you know, so Ariel was saying once he had dove into the film a bit, you know, that Grimes is a bit more than just a just a catch and shoot guy. Like he's not I I hate to keep using this like it's a bad thing because it, it, it does downplay the year that he had where he he did legitimately have a really good year. But He's not Reggie Bullock with the ball in his hands. You know, he can't, he's not just a guy that can only catch and shoot and take like two dribbles before he has to hand it off. Um, He seems pretty comfortable with the ball in his hands, with getting to the rim, you know, with being in theory, a three level scorer, if he can tighten some things up. Um, Now, if he was definitely a bona fide three level scorer, he wouldn't have gone to the 25th pick in the draft. Wouldn't have been called a reach, you know, at that spot or anything like that. But I, I do think that based off what we've seen these last two games, I think I can say pretty confidently if his three-point shot comes along, the rest of his game comes along. It seems like once once his three is falling, that unlocks everything else. You know, not on the defensive end. He he does seem to no matter, and this is very this is very much a a Knicks trade at this point. No matter what, it doesn't seem like he lets anything get to him on the defensive end. Uh, like if his offense is off, it doesn't affect his defense, which is not always the case with players. Um, but he he seems pretty unflappable in that regard. And the defense was really good in this game, just like it's been the entire summer league, I think. So I don't know if we have to touch on that too much. But the offense, you know, he he gets the three going. And then once that happens and once once his defender has to treat it like a real option, he seems to have more in his bag then of, you know, okay, now I can put the ball on the floor a little bit. I can get inside. Um, I could try to, you know, he's finished through contact once or twice in the last couple games. And that's been really encouraging uh, as far as his, you know, ability to get to the rim and, and do something there. That's not just like getting close to the rim and then not really having a plan, which it happens with a lot of guys, you know, in the league and even guys that have been in the league for years. So he seems to be pretty comfortable getting to the rim and try at least attempting a good attempt there. Uh, his pull-up shooting is super legit. So I, you know, I don't actually remember if we saw any pull-up twos from him, like pull-up mid-range. But 
I think that that is something that if he doesn't do it a ton, he could definitely develop into. Um, and yeah, I've, I've just been loving what I see with him with the ball in his hands and, you know, with trying to score in a variety of different ways. So I don't know how you feel about that, Gavin. I think uh, the just the, the pure amount of, of variety in his game in this one was great to see for me. And the fact that he had this sort of like, and we've sort of seen every one of the young Knicks have this moment at various points during the summer league, but he had his moment of like, get me the ball. I'm scoring. I'm the alpha here today. Uh, and I, I like that we've seen that from every single one of them because they're going to, the, these guys, even Obi and, and quickly are going to need to r- really have some cojones on them this year. If they want to try to take some playing time away from the veterans on this team, because this team is, it has turned into a very veteran heavy team where it's going to be hard for these, these guys to crack the rotation. I think all four of the the main players in this summer league, that being uh, quickly Toppin, McBride and Grimes, I think every single one of them has shown that it's going to be really hard to keep them out of the rotation this year, if they can play as well as they have. And with Grimes after the first two games, that wasn't really the case, but after these, or maybe even you could say the first three games, but after these last two, I, you know, I, I know that we shouldn't make huge sweeping conclusions about summer league, but I'm pretty much ready to say like, it's going to be hard to keep him out of the rotation this year because I, I think he's going to figure it out and he's going to be like, like a Reggie Bullock that can put the ball on the floor a bit. And if, if we learned anything from like how Julius Randall played last year and everything, that's going to be an extremely valuable archetype to this team, having a guy that can be a spot up shooter, but can also have the ability to, if he gets like, say a Trey young stranded on him on the perimeter, uh, he'll be able to do something with that rather than just having to like pass out of it and, and not be able to capitalize on that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not quite sure from there with Grimes. I, I've been, I've been negative on him uh, the whole time. I've been, I joked on Twitter that he's he's going to be my OB this year, where he's just he, he's the guy that I'm I'm down on until he proves me otherwise. And, and OB, to his credit, to some extent, did that last season and, and continues to do that. Um, but I, I have a feeling I think it'll come down initially to McBride or Grimes in the rotation. And I know I know obviously they they play different positions but just in terms of the lineups that that tips puts out there and maybe there's one where he's going smaller and having mcbride defend a bigger player versus getting grimes in there at, at a more um size appropriate matchup i have a feeling mcbride is just going to prove to be too good to keep off the court and grimes is, is maybe going to take an injury for him to get involved uh but i, I don't want i don't want to start this on a negative note because i like you obviously loved this game from quentin grimes um, I, I missed the Pistons game because I was away for the weekend, so maybe he started showing flashes of this. But to me, it was it was a revelation how aggressive he was going to the rim. And you could tell that, I mean, there, there was an article that Mark Berman wrote, and they, they kept mentioning on the broadcast all the different um, associated Knicks that have been talking to him. Like we heard Alan Houston um, has been giving him pointers. Penny Hardaway apparently worked him out a couple of times, and I, I'm surprised he has uh, time for that when he's, he's about to um, – 
to add a uh, Jalen Duren and uh, potentially Amani Bates to his team and like have one of the better uh, last second recruiting classes ever. Um, but shout out to Penny Hardaway. He's, he's apparently giving Quentin Grimes tips. Shout out to Reggie Bullock, who's no longer Knicks, but apparently still took it on himself to to mentor uh, Quentin Grimes. If that doesn't tell you a whole lot about Reggie Bullock and what, what this uh, hashtag Knicks culture meant to him last season. Uh, it should, should be a pretty good uh, point in favor of that one. Uh, but but all these guys clearly have been driving them to Quinn Grimes. Hey man, you gotta look. You were you were drafted in the first round for a reason. The Knicks invested in you over a, a number of nominally higher upside options for a reason. You got to go out there and prove it. You got to start getting to the rim. And, and Grimes was was tough enough to to take that that point of constructive criticism and really immediately incorporate it into his game. And it was exciting to see. And I, I think maybe some of that flexibility came from quickly being out and having that dearth of options and them saying, all right, it's either it's you or it's no one. And, and we saw from the very beginning of the game, him, him rejecting a screen from Jericho Sims, getting into the lane, um, in semi-transition, taking a bump and, and getting a hit for an and one. I, I think the word to describe it would be decisive. Anytime there was an opening, he, he just flat out took it. Um, sometimes he overdid it. Like there was a point where he had an open three and instead he, he tried to drive sort of a, a half-hearted closeout and it got him in trouble. But I, I like that his mentality was just to put his head down and that aggression translated to behind the arc where he got up 14 threes, made six of them. And, and to me, that's Grimes' greatest strength right now. It's the ability to shoot from three at volume without sacrificing accuracy or, or getting fatigued as a game goes on. That, that's that's a valuable skill set in the modern NBA. And if he can continue to hit at a really high rate, it'll translate really well. My, my question with his mid-range game is how his release works. It, it's sort of a different story, but the same story as Emmanuel Quickly, in that Quickly has that issue in the mid-range, I think just because he starts his shot low. Grimes' shot is super high, but because of that, it, it's pretty elongated. And I, I think that he's going to, especially against NBA defenders, have some difficulties getting it off with consistency. We saw him have one really nice one where he absolutely shook um, a Cavs defender and, and sort of uh, dribbled his way in, into a really, really nice left elbow jump shot. But for him to get that off in the NBA consistently, Alex, I, I just think he's going to have to speed up the release a little bit. I don't know if it necessarily has to be lower. Maybe it's just starting a shot higher. Maybe it's um, having a little bit less of a dip in his shot. Um, I'm, I'm sure there are people who are more qualified from a mechanics perspective to talk about it. I think it works really well off of handoffs from three because he can go into it and get into a real rhythm. Um, and even off the dribble, it looks really, really smooth rewatching some of his highlights as we're talking. But I'm fascinated to see if that comes into play right away and, and if he can consistently get it off against NBA length and athleticism. Because in summer league, it feels like he's doing it on pretty tight margins. It'll be fascinating to see how it translates. But Alex, uh, speaking of translating, uh, can you can you translate to me, preferably in English? Uh, what do I need to do uh, or, or where should I go if I want to get parts to repair my car? <laughs> that, that one was a little bit of a stretch. but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was you. You may be pushing it a tiny bit, but let me uh, let me translate this the, these copy points for you real quick. If you need to fix your car, you need to head to Rock Auto, and that is one of our sponsors for this episode. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you want to endure the pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait for that person behind the counter to order the part that's going to make them the most money? And it is going to just be what they carry at the price that they want to sell it to you at, which, by the way, is probably going to be more. Uh, actually, no, it's not probably. It's definitely going to be more than what they would sell to a mechanic for, because mechanics get special deals at these stores. 
and you don't. You get raked over the coals and made to pay tons and tons of money at these brick-and-mortar auto parts stores. You can save time and money by just opening up rockauto.com on your computer, your phone, your tablet, whatever, and using that instead. Why would you want to spend 30%, 50%, or even sometimes 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? For example, there's a if you need to fix the family van, you can get a Honda Odyssey fuel pump for $353 from a chain store, just $216 from rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, so you know they have your best interests in mind to make sure that you get the best price on the parts you need for your car. Speaking of the parts you need, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Maybe there's a job you've been thinking about doing. Maybe once the weather calms down just a little bit, which it seems to have over the last day or so. So maybe now's a good time. Place that order from Rock Auto. Go do something on your car before it gets too hot again. If you do, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And let's assume maybe you do go out in the blistering heat and fix your car. That's probably going to tire you out quite a bit more. You could replenish yourself with some built bars after that. See, this is what we do. We we tie the subjects together of these advertisements. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There really is something for everyone, and they all taste fantastic. Uh, I've I've seen a couple people recently on Twitter even adding me and saying, "Hey, I, I finally pulled the trigger and got some Built Bars." Be like the people on Twitter and get some Built Bars for yourself. They, I promise, they are really good. I've been eating them for like well over a year now. I'm. I try to stay pretty active. I go to the gym. I do weights and stuff. And uh, when I get home, I always look forward to a built bar for that big punch of protein. You already know my favorites are coconut and cookies and cream. Definitely two of the best flavors there. And all built bars, though, whatever your favorite flavors are, have 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from just 130 to 180. Only four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs. So they're all tasty, all healthy, and all come in amazing flavors coated in chocolate. So definitely get some Built Bars for yourself. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right. Yeah. So Gavin, before we're back, we're back. The ads are over. If you skipped through that, uh, stop skipping. Uh, (laughs) But we're, we're through to the final uh, stretch run of the show here. Uh, I, I wanted to say with Grimes, I, I think I don't have quite as many reservations about his pull-up shooting. I don't know that he's necessarily going to be like like a deuce where he can get into the mid-range and just pull that off in, in traffic uh, quite as well because that, that seems to be kind of like deuce's calling card is you know he can, he can pull up from anywhere on the court and get off a clean shot which is a really, really valuable skill to have. I think that Grimes is is going to be more essentially like if he pump fakes his defender to death on the perimeter and there's not an easy avenue for him to just take a sidestep three, I think that he could pretty easily take like two, three steps in. And unless the center like helps out greatly to him in the mid-range or someone else helps like big time to him in the mid-range, he should be able to pull up from there and make those shots, I think. And I, I think 
even though his releases, it, I I do agree. It seems like a time, like maybe just a smidge slow and and methodical. It he does have a pretty high release, uh, and a pretty high motion. Like he doesn't do a ton below his face, uh, with his shooting motion, at least from what I've seen. So. I think he should be all right in that respect. Because the other thing is, is that he's displayed, I think, enough as a passer at this point. Um, you mentioned you didn't see the the uh, Detroit game on Friday night. That was where I think he had the best pass of his uh, summer league so far. He made this like this really nice drive where he got all the way in and got baseline, and then made this wraparound pass around like two defenders to find Wayne Selden. Uh, who then didn't make the layup but got fouled because uh, he was passing it to Wayne Selden and not one of the good players on the Knicks. But if that was Obi Toppin or something, it might have actually been like a dunk. Um, but, you know, I, I think that he's displayed a few times during the summer league that he has passing ability that goes beyond just like being able to make a swing pass. Um, I think that he can, he can legitimately, you know, if he has the ball in his hands and he's going off the dribble, he can he can make something happen if he sees someone streaking to the hoop or whatever while he's getting closed out on, on defense. So that also adds to my confidence in his like pull up ability is that I think that he would know the difference of if he can get a shot off or not uh, and be able to make it enough to keep it a threat. And then if teams started, you know, really helping on him and trying to prevent that shot, I think that he has the, the wherewithal to make the right pass out of that. But, you know, again, it, it might be reading too much in the summer league against, I, well, I guess with the Pistons, they played basically the full strength team, but playing against a not full strength Cavs summer league team, missing their two best players. I mean, it, maybe there's only so much you take out of it, but I, I think that he did a pretty good job to kind of, at least for me, uh, put to bed some of the, I don't know if I'll call it fears. Cause I didn't really have any, I, I basically came into this Quentin Grimes experience with an open mind because I, I hadn't watched a lot of him prior to summer league here. And basically what I've come out with is I think he's, I think he has the potential to be more than just a, a standard three and D guy is basically where I'm at with him. Uh, I think that he could be a guy that mostly does three and D, which is great. I mean, that's, that's a 10 million plus per year archetype in the NBA. Um, but, I, I think that he has the potential to offer you a little more as far as not getting stranded on the perimeter. Like I, I think I said the other day, my best case scenario for him and you know, f- I feel free to maybe tell me who, who you think, you know, out of current NBA players, but uh, this might just be <laughs> thinking of immediately like what the Knicks just ran into. But I think my best case scenario for him is Bogdanovich, uh, on the Hawks, which I have to specify because there's two Bogdanoviches, but Bogdanovich on the Hawks, uh, I, I think that he could potentially end up that level of player where his bread and butter is catch and shoot threes, but you can't disrespect him and assume that he can't beat you off the dribble or run a quick pick and roll or whatever else that he would need to do to free himself up if he gets covered tight on the perimeter. And also with that high release point, I could see a world where once he kind of fine tunes things, gets used to the NBA and whatever, uh, I, I think that he could get that shot off real quick after a while, um, you know, because everything seems pretty repeatable and it's a high release. So, you know, you have to really, really close on him to have a shot at like blocking that shot. 
so I, I think that he potentially has that in him if he hits his peak. And that's a pretty exciting proposition to me uh, to have a guy that could potentially end up as good as Bogdanovich at some point, even if it is a, you know, I, I don't even know what percentage I would put on him landing on that outcome at that point, but I think the shades are there at least. Yeah. Interesting. I, I see, I, I just, I, I don't really see the creativity from him that, that Bogdanovich has. I, to me, the, the ceiling would be Danny green, which is, is really, really good. Danny green was um, a, a ridiculous Ray Allen shot away from maybe winning a finals MVP that one year. Um, so that, that wouldn't be too shabby, but for him to get there, he's going to have to continue to get more athletic because I think Danny green, especially his prime and you saw more defensively than offensively, but was a really good athlete and was arguably the best in the NBA at breaking up transition attempts, which we saw Grimes had a really nice play doing just that in, in the first game of summer league. And then offensively, we'll just need to um, continue to, to perfect what he already does best and turn himself into legitimately one of the best shooters in basketball because that's what Green was at his peak. But but enough about Quentin Grimes. Uh, let, let's quickly finish up talking Obi Toppin and Jericho Sims. Uh, coming off of what was clearly his best summer league game, I didn't watch, but I did look at the box score. Um, Ob I think, had his worst, probably. And, and, not, and that's, look, uh, he did finish this one with 21 points and, and four boards and two assists, so... High bar for Obi Toppin, but I, I thought this was that was more of a product of him just taking a lot of shots than him having a particularly great night. Um, he was pretty inefficient around the rim, and, and this game honestly reminded me a lot more about what we saw from him early in the season than what we saw at the end of the season, where he was forcing the issue, driving to the basket, and just wasn't able due to a combo of like lack of speed, lack of strength, lack of handle. He wasn't really able to generate much, and, and the Cavs were, were pretty content to just put smaller dudes on him. And I saw some people on Twitter. I know Prez, I can't remember the person he was referencing, but he was saying someone else was talking about a future where if you if you really want to talk about the best case scenario for Obi Toppin on the Knicks with Julius Randle, with Mitchell Robinson, with New Orleans Noel, maybe with Jericho Sims in that center rotation, it's him potentially developing a skill set where he could be a wing player and he could be a small forward. And we've seen small little flashes that give you hope that that's not completely impossible. Like I, I did see that clip from the Pistons game where he came off the screen and, and just said picture perfect footwork, nailed a mid-range jumper right in rhythm. And you, you could have lo- looked at that and been like, oh man, he could he could turn himself into sort of like a, a absolutely poor man's Paul George at some point in in the future. Um, I'm not I'm not saying that's impossible. Um, and I know I know the people who were tweeting about it weren't weren't saying that's the likely outcome for him. I, I still think that is a long ways away if it's ever going to happen because he's still it just it's very tough for him to generate easy looks off the dribble even in summer league. Um, he he's good enough at doing it out of the post like like this game just by getting early seals and and having a couple of like nice drop steps and he really has that that hook shot down at this point where he's hitting it off the glass even when he's four or five feet away from the basket and, and against smaller players. Like he, he had one super nice like seal and, um, and, and drop step into an and one on Lamar Stevens. Um, that was, that was gorgeous. Um, late in the game. Uh, he had, he had his traditional like faux uh, dribble handoff play where he got right to the rim and got a layup. He's going to keep beating everyone down the court in transition, but the shooting around the rim still isn't quite there. And he, he got the same exact look he got in the Pistons game where that, that catch and shoot in the mid-range game and the same shot that looked picture perfect against Detroit basically hit off the side of the backboard when he took it this time. And, and, and that was a lot of what we see from him on his three-point shot too, where sometimes it looks picture perfect. And he had another one this game where it went over the backboard. It was in Jericho Sims ended up catching it. And it was a pretty ugly air ball. 
So it, it's just about him finding consistency in all this stuff. And, and that gets to the point that even though he's an older player for, for being a second-year guy at 23, he's still relatively inexperienced in the game of basketball. And all these things, they might, they might not come until he's 26 or 27, but maybe he eventually gets to that point where he could be a wing player. But it's not going to happen this year. He's going to have to continue to rely on his bread and butter, which is being a, a fiend in transition, rolling to the rim. Clearly, the three-point shooting is going to be a lot better than it was early last season. And for now, that'll be enough for him to carve out a role as a role player. People hoping for a bigger jump than that, despite a couple of the big games. And again, I'm coming off watching this game and not watching the Pistons game. So maybe my perspective is a little bit colored. But I I don't quite see that jump yet, especially, again, in Summer League, where he's getting to be the feature of this offense. And he's not going to get the luxury of shooting through bad nights and getting 20 shots up in the NBA. It's going to have to be the most efficient version of of what he likes to do that's going to get it done next year, playing behind Julius Randle. Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, I think think he's done a pretty good job of showcasing. I mean, the the main thing to me during – this whole summer league experience has been the three point shot coming around for him. I think it looks just so much crisper and so much more clean when he gets it off now. And the percentages have, have really, you know, shown that I think his, I I saw, I think I've already referenced this on the pod at one point, but like Benji Ritholtz had put out a thing at one point, kind of showing a attempt from last year versus an attempt from, summer league from Obi, and it just seems like his footwork has gotten cleaned up so much he's not he's not sky shotting the ball so much it's like it's more of a line drive which you don't want to go full line drive like alfred payton style but having the shot have a little more direct course than you know having to take like a you know a 10 minute journey into the hoop uh from you know the giant arc on the shot that Obi was putting on it before definitely works better for accuracy's sake uh, the only guys that can really shoot that like moonshot and get away with it all the time. I, actually, I think it's like one guy. It's Steph Curry. I think is like the only person that shoots that style of three and is so accurate that it just goes in all the time. Um, so, you know, having him adjust that has been, I think, huge, you know, for his role going forward in the NBA. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't really have too much more to add on him. I just think that he's 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 done a good job of, I mean, he was used like an alpha during this. And I think that there is a chance that, you know, with the bench unit, he and IQ might serve similar roles uh, because we know how much Tibbs loves his like platoon swaps on this team. I think that there's a decent chance that IQ and Obi are going to be in whatever minutes they get. Maybe it's only, you know, 15 minutes a game or something, but in whatever minutes they get, they're going to be asked to do similar things. Uh, in the NBA this year, as far as being like the stars of the the bench unit, uh, when the starters are sitting, when you've got Kemba, Fournier, uh, Randall, RJ, you know, all those guys sitting out, I think these guys might be tasked with, with being their summer league selves and, you know, captaining that, that second unit along with Derek Rose, obviously, who's not going anywhere. Uh, I mean, he's, he's still hopefully going to play just as well as he did at the, the second half of last year, which just kind of hammers home how how uh, good this Knicks team could potentially be if some of these guys show do what they've been doing in summer league uh, on the NBA stage, and then you can add like a Derrick Rose in with them instead of a Wayne Selden, uh, and and you know could potentially have all that talent going at the NBA level. It's it's pretty exciting to think about. 
Uh, as far as Sims, too, I, I don't have too much more to add on him. Gavin, I don't know if you had any new observations from this game compared to the previous ones. I just uh, I feel good about him. I feel like he's he's more or less ready to rock. I mean, he's still definitely going to spend some time in Westchester this year, but I could see a world where he comes in and, and puts together some decent NBA minutes and garbage time this year. Or maybe even if if the injury bug sets in at some point, which, as we saw last year, could could definitely happen. Uh, the Knicks were down to like one one viable center for a number of games and had to actually give like Norvell Pell real minutes and stuff. So I think it's certainly preferable to give uh, Jericho Sims those minutes this year, if need be, than a guy like a Norvell Pell. So I, I could see a world where he does get some playing time this year. But what, did you have any final? I guess not final. We have one more game left, but did you have any thoughts that came up on Sims in this game? Especially after you, you, you luckily didn't have to go through the Reed Travis experience on, on Friday night when uh, Sims was sitting. No, I, uh, I, I opted out of that one. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I have anything new, just that uh, continue, continue to love everything he's doing. The patience around the basket is still showing up and, and just his ability to put together not just one great moment defensively, but a full possession. Like he had, he had this play early on where he was um, sealing off cabin jelly. Like when cabin jelly tried to drive on him and, and cabin jelly kind of got stuck under the backboard and had to throw it out. And, and then he, he got eventually like kind of pinged around to Stevens who, who tried to attack Sims. who was still sort of distracted by cabin jelly, but Sims shuffled his feet over got in Stevens's way, sort of half-stripped it, and ended up forcing a shot clock violation. So it, it's just, I, I don't know. All, all I can say is he, he continues to be a bit ahead of where I thought he would be. But hopefully we see more of that in the Knicks. Closer to Summer League, again, no playoffs this year. Unfortunately, um, they're just holding a championship game. But the Kings and the Celtics of all teams, um, and, and tonight will be it for our summer for summer Knicks. And then we'll just have... Uh, a little, a little over two months left until we get real Knicks basketball. But uh, final note on this one, I want to remind you to listen to Locked On today. Um, today on the Locked On Today podcast, will Aaron Rodgers show up to training camp in Green Bay? Oh, wait, I should do the generic one. That is that is late. They have not updated that. All right, three, two, one. Um, but we just wanted to remind you all quickly to listen to Locked On Today. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. On that closing note, he's Alex. I'm Gavin. We are all done for this one. We will be back tomorrow morning in your feeds with a recap of Nick's Hawks. Until then, be good. Peace out. Talk to you then.